0: What is one Silicon Valley benefit advisor doing to help his peers play catch-up in the convergence of technology and benefits? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and Chief Transformation Strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of Shift Shapers is sponsored by MyEdge, the premier provider of Form 5500 prospecting solutions for benefit advisors. Local, regional, and national advisors rely on this affordable, easy-to-use, real-time search engine to find their target prospects. For more information, visit our website at www.shiftshapersonline.com. Today, we're excited to be talking with Michael Luhan. Michael is president and co-founder of Limelight Health, and he's also president-elect of the California Association of Health Underwriters. I mention that because it's a big job, and the industry and the folks in California are glad to have Michael uh, about to assume the presidency next year. So Michael, with that, welcome to the Shift Shapers podcast.
1: Good afternoon, David. Glad to be here.
0: Thank you. A little bit about your background first, please.
1: Yeah, sure. I've uh, been a career insurance agent since 1988. Like a lot of people, got into this business accidentally, but uh, very grateful to have uh, had a career from different perspectives. I've been an agent and general agent for 14 years, worked for Blue Shield running small group sales for almost eight years here in California. And more recently, uh, was uh, able to help uh, build our state exchange, Covered California, where I served as a director of sales and marketing and uh, helped uh, build shop and the agent distribution channel. So that's what I've been doing up until now.
0: Well, and that's a great jumping off point for for the story that we want to talk about, because Cover California is a little bit different than some of the other exchanges. Cover California was different, and it was something that you were really keen on because you made a point of involving benefit advisors, correct?
1: Yeah, and I think it shows in the results. If you now a year later, we're you know, sort of in the middle of year two, but uh, we wrapped up year one very proud, California did, by way of the total number of enrollment but you know, more specifically how much of that came from licensed agents so uh, to put a number to it it was about 526,000 Californians who enrolled through an agent and that was about 80% of the in-person enrollment so yes really big numbers and I'm I'm proud to have been the guy who got to recruit those agents.
0: Well, and that, that's huge. You know, I talked to friends who are going through that process now with clients, and mm-hmm. the clients need so much help and so much hand-holding. And, you know, as the industry evolves and as they become more normal consumers, which they've been shut out since arguably World War II, you know, all of that may change, and, and the advisor's role may, may start to change some. In fact, I'm relatively sure that it will over time. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about, because your endeavor now is in— building technologies and mobile technologies to boot that can help benefit advisors move into this post-ACA 21st century insurance 2.0 environment. So question for you, you know, what tools do they need and, and why do they need tools and why do they need mobile tools? So that's actually three questions.
1: Yeah, and, and I'll do my best David to not make this a commercial because I think it really is more about the trend happening this convergence of uh, technology and other services that agents can provide. So, um I think, you know, to the first question, you know, there's a, a great need for efficiency. I don't think anyone would argue that the insurance industry has been the slowest to adopt technology. So, you know, we still transact with paper. We still use fax machines probably more than any other industry I know of, maybe uh, real estate or mortgage brokers, but uh, I don't know anyone who still uses paper and fax machines to the degree that we do. Agents I've talked to are desperate to get out of the mounds of paper and manual transactions and try to find some efficiencies, and I think that's what technology can do specifically in the health insurance space. So uh, Limelight Health and a multitude of others, again, uh, not trying to be a commercial here, but I think that's what we're seeing is just this year, I think the first half of this year, $2.5 billion in venture capital investment being made in the digital health space, and of which a a good chunk of that specifically in health insurance. Again, seizing the opportunity to automate, simplify, streamline, and uh, go paperless in, in a number of areas. So that would be first. I think that's the, the great opportunity is just to fast forward and get caught up with other industries that have since moved paperless.
0: So what kind of tools, as you envision the suite of tools that you and others in your space are delivering today and will be mm-hmm. in the near term, what's that suite of tools look like?
1: Yeah, sure. So it's, uh, I, I would say first would be um, mobile. We're very big on mobile first, meaning that a technology that is uh, optimized for a mobile experience rather than a legacy desktop uh, technology or quoting system, in our case, that has a mobile interface. Ours begins with mobile, recognizing that that's where the market not is going, already is. If you look at other industries and mobile first is a term or a a phrase that was coined a couple of years ago, I think maybe by Google or uh, others who recognize that many of us are using our mobile browsers as our primary connection to the internet and uh, the uh, ubiquitous uh, mobile apps that are entering the space uh, for health insurance and lifestyle. That would be first, uh, I I would say, is the the move to mobile.
0: Okay, well, once we've wrapped our heads around that, and we'll we'll talk about adoption rates and pickup rates in in a moment, Mm -hmm. but Once we've wrapped our hands around that, we've got a smartphone sitting in our pocket, or we've got a tablet, Mm -hmm. or heaven forbid, one of those horrible legacy things called a laptop. What's the suite of tools look like? What is actually the deliverable that's, that's going to be a tool that a benefit advisor can use with their clients?
1: So, well, and first, I love my Mac. Me and uh, my Mac are best friends. I think you're a Mac user, too. Uh, so. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it's integration with other technologies. I think another thing our inter- industry has done has been very siloed and fragmented. So while a single carrier may have their own technology platform for enrollment, for renewal, for self-service, as soon as you change from company A to company B, you lose all of those tools. So I think a, you know, having universal technology on a platform that moves with you, so agnostic of which carrier you're with, if you're with a group plan with company A, that that technology would uh, stay with you when you move to another company, that it would integrate with payroll, that it would integrate with your CRM, with your agency management system, with your benefits administration system. I, I think that's what the market needs and is expecting is to have more integration. So I think that's what's happening is uh, we're seeing a lot of that uh, connectivity happening and less uh, the, the silos coming down.
0: So do you start with a quoting tool?
1: We do. And believing that that was probably, at least you know for us, probably the best place to start. When I left uh, the exchange, Covered California, it was pretty obvious to me that there was a, a huge void in technology for independent agents, uh, even large or mid-sized agents that work in the individual and small group space. So it starts with quoting the decisions and how we communicate to purchasers over their options, especially in the small group space. You have small businesses each asking the question, should I continue to offer group coverage or go to individual plans? And a lot of confusing noise that says you absolutely should and other noise that says you absolutely shouldn't. So I think you know, helping make that um, decision more clear and doing uh, it on a mobile platform, communicating benefits in a clear and simple way. Communicating contributions, uh, both in premium and to uh, HRA or HSA contributions, many of the old legacy quoting systems just show rates and benefits, but they don't show the true cost with the fees and the contributions that an employer would make. So I think that's really where we and I think that the um, technology in this space is moving toward.
0: So do you onboard decision support tools as part of what you're doing or do you leave that to the Ben admin system or the enrollment system that a particular client is using or is it both depending on the situation?
1: Well, it can be both. I think for us, and and speaking only for us, we, as you well know, a startup has to stay focused and making sure you've got a V1 product that works. So we're making sure that we have a quoting engine that is accurate uh, to the penny and uh, does that part really well. But in the future and with integrating with Ben Admin, those decision tools are important. I think um, I've heard, especially with the trend of people moving towards more consumer-driven plans, that there's... A huge shift in those plans' popularity, but the understanding of how those plans work—HRAs and HSAs—is still they're still sort of in the dark. So we want to help them not only move t- toward those plans but understand how to use them.
0: Well, let's talk about that a little bit. It's it's a good jumping off point. You know, in in, mm-hmm. in your position with California AHU, you know and represent thousands of benefit advisors. You know, uh, we have friends across the country. Both of us know a lot of people in common. What's the take-up rate? I mean, are we finding reticence for the traditional benefit advisor to start embracing technology? Have they realized that technology isn't just a, a cute, cool tool to differentiate themselves, but also helps their ROI by lopping costs off the back-end processes? I mean, where do you see that level right now?
1: Well, I think it varies. There are some agents that are a little less comfortable with technology. And understandably, they've not had a whole lot of tools in our space, and our industry, to use. So some of them are a little bit uh, nervous. I wouldn't say reticent, but nervous about, will I be able to learn this quickly enough and keep pace? And I think the answer is yes, if it's simple and intuitive enough. Some of the technologies, and we've talked about this uh, before, there are very few technologists in the health insurance space, and there are a lot of new entrants who are technologists that don't know health insurance. And as those two worlds move closer together, I, I think we'll, we'll find that we'll have better technology that's simple and intuitive that uh, you don't have to be techie in order to adopt.
0: Now a word from our sponsor, MyEdge, the premier provider of Form 5500 Prospecting Solutions. Are you wasting valuable time searching for qualified leads? The MyEdge prospecting solution makes it easy to research, find commissions, premiums, fees, and see all the current lines of coverage an employer is reporting. Why not use a targeted 5500 prospecting solution that was designed specifically for benefit advisors? MyEdge supplies the data that counts when you need to research prospects or learn what competitors are selling in your market. And learning to use MyEdge is fast and easy, when your prospecting data is accurate and with real-time updates, you'll spend less time researching and more time selling. To learn more about this innovative prospecting solution, visit our website at www.shiftshapersonline.com. Well, and that's really going to be the key, isn't it? I mean, I heard recently a quote that user experience is the new differentiator for yeah. you when, when you're starting to think about the client facing, in your case, the the benefit advisor facing portion of your application and the presentation layers that you are building. How much of a concern is that? I mean, do you always keep that in mind?
1: Well, you're right. And user experience is the big differentiator. But I think the mistake that some technologists might make is they're replacing a in-person relationship or a personal relationship with their advisor with technology. And I think I take a different position that says that with better automation and better efficiency through technology, agents can actually spend more time engaging and interacting with their clients in a way that matters, not over administrative things like did you fax that form or you know here's that uh, an update on your quote uh, because you changed two employees on the census, I had to set another appointment with you. We can now talk about the stuff that matters. While I'm talking about that, Benefit Selling Magazine did a survey. I think it's the first time that they've done uh, such a thing. And I thought it was interesting where they were saying the percentage of employers who communicate with their broker, 63% said they communicate with their broker at least once a month, 26% at least once a week. The part that I found most interesting is only 3% said they wished it were less often. So consumers actually want to engage and talk to their brokers, just not about the day-to-day transactional stuff.
0: Well, and that's the secret sauce. I mean, you know, as as we talk to our friends and as I do my public speaking engagements, well, one of the things I re- remind folks is that the key to all of this is still relationships because at the end of the day, the sale is an emotional sale. And you can't, at least today, Stephen Hawking notwithstanding and his concerns notwithstanding, you can't build emotion into a piece of software. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, and I think that's the part, and we've learned this through going back to your initial introduction around my role at the Covered California and the feedback I've heard from both the state and federal marketplaces. The role of the agent really did prove that. While technology is embraced and can help people enroll without paper, there really is that important one-on-one interaction and the complexity that we still have and will have for a while through subsidies and calculating household incomes and uh, decisions that employers need to make and compliance and the pitfalls of not meeting those compliance requirements. There's a lot of work for uh, brokers to do, and uh, that's what they can do to busy themselves instead of just transacting insurance.
0: Can you and are are you and other people in in your technology space taking pains to be proactive in helping benefit advisors learn about technology, embrace the new technology rather than just waiting for some of us dinosaurs to go by the wayside and working <laughs> with the with the millennials and the and the digital natives
1: yeah and I think we 've already seen it across other chapters uh, around the country, but here in California, my home chapter is Savahu, the Silicon Valley Association of health underwriters so we 're right in the heart of the technology where most of that activity is happening. So we might be a little front and center. But uh, the same in some of our rural chapters, we're all talking about innovation. We're all talking about what's coming around the curve and It's not limited to just here in Silicon Valley. Our rural chapters are up on emerging technologies and innovation as well. And we as a platform with the CAHU, the California chapter of NAHU, try to make sure that we make that part of our agenda, introduce speakers and CE content so that agents are uh, keeping up on this stuff.
0: So if quoting is the first place and making sure that you've got a really robust, integrated, carrier agnostic, mobile quoting technology platform, what do you envision as being the next tool that benefit advisors might need to have in that same kind of mobile environment?
1: Well, I think it's going to vary. So, there are, you know, right now a very, I would say, heated discussion around whether or not payroll should integrate with benefits. So, uh, there are a number of companies, but Zenefits, as an example, is a, a company that's emerged out of California with a multi state platform. And it's asked the question whether or not offering uh, other value-add services such as payroll or Ben Admin or Cobra or all these other services, whether or not those are considered rebating. And I think that's going to be an important discussion at a state level to determine whether or not that's the next thing that brokers uh, offer in their portfolio. Are you connecting your clients with uh, payroll, with a Ben Admin system and other services that they find important? I would count that as really the most important thing, is what do your clients find most important? And I think for small business, small employers who don't have a benefits or HR person, there is great value in those services. So I think we're going to start seeing more integration of payroll with benefits and those other services.
0: You know, I've, I've heard that heated argument, and I understand that. And, you know, the the challenge for benefit advisors, especially those who cross state lines, and many many of them do, is that right now that kind of a rebating, not rebating, is subject to state departments of insurance or Mm -hmm. OIRs or whatever anybody particularly calls it in their state. Do you see any likelihood that there will be either requested or not requested federal action to clarify that?
1: I don't know if it'll be federal so much as it'll vary from state to state as it does today. And my understanding is that 48 states have some degree of prohibition on rebating. But uh, how they vary from you know Utah to Pennsylvania to New York might differ. So I think it'll probably remain at a state level, I think. But I think it might also, and I'm editorializing a little bit here, be changed or updated to uh, meet a current need. So in other words, we may have originally drafted anti-rebating rules uh, decades ago for a different reason. We probably need to re-examine those reasons and whether or not um, these types of services are in fact inducements or um, rebating
0: is it possible i mean again since we're just kind of blue skying here is is it possible that if we're going to see any consistency in this in your view that it might more likely come from the neic
1: it could i think that's where most of the you know key advisement has come from and i think that's the very discussion we're talking about is what is their take on this and how do we apply this across states that currently have a different view Uh, like i said california and florida permit rebating to some degree differently than the other 48. So yeah, I think NEIC is going to play a big role in helping us define or redefine.
0: Do you think there's enough pain around this issue at this point to start folks mobilizing on it? Or do you think we're a little ways off from that?
1: I personally don't, but I understand the concern of some of the agents or members of NAHU that have expressed concern around where this is going. Uh, Anytime someone loses business to a business model that appears to be not in accord with their state rules, and and I think it's their voice that clearly says, yes, it's not too early and we need to address this now. So I would say it's too early, but uh, others won't wait.
0: True. Michael, in the, in the minute or so that we have left, I always like to ask all of our forward-thinking shift shapers, what do you see in the future, both in the, the relatively near term in terms of technology and benefit advisors, and, and then maybe kind of blue sky, maybe a few years out?
1: Yeah, well, you got to, as it's said uh, in, in other ways, follow the money. When you have billions of dollars being poured into an industry and the words disrupt, uh, being used uh, regularly to describe what's happening in the healthcare and health insurance space, you have to take note of it. So I think there is huge investment happening to change how we're paying providers, medical devices, and how those are going to be integrated with health plans, where you have people wearing wearables like Fitbits, like the one I'm wearing you know, now, how you might actually find those integrated into wellness programs. Like I said, consumer tools and the new players that are selling insurance directly to consumers, but doing so with a new technology interface, are hard to ignore. You know, being able to track patients' health and whether or not their treatment is working well—I think all of those things are integrating into healthcare and health insurance, which I think before have been you know pretty separate fields. So keep uh, abreast of what's happening on the innovation and, and technology, and where those monies are being invested. In the short term, I think. Being able to have a mobile tool that allows you to work seamlessly between the individual and the group market, the on and off exchange market, the uh, growing private exchange market, having technologies that integrate across that whole landscape, I think is going to be helpful and really saving time. I'll share some stories and some feedback. We have agents who are now being compensated about 40, 50% less, at least in the individual marketplace, that are trying to figure out how. They're going to do work that is more labor-intensive than it was before for half the money. And I think this automation, and this technology is really where it's going to help. Being able to save time doing quotes is, is an important first step.
0: Absolutely. Michael, I, I appreciate the conversation. I sense that we've only scratched the surface. We may want to have you back <laughs> for a follow-up. But Michael Luhan, president and co-founder of Limelight Health. Michael, thank you so much for sharing your time and, and your perspective with the Shift Shapers audience. David, my pleasure. Thank you. For more information about this episode or about any of our earlier episodes, and to learn how to subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode, go to our website, ShiftShapersOnline.com. While you're on the site, leave a comment and register to be part of the Shapers community. You'll be the first to learn about upcoming specials like exclusive webinars and content you can use to take your business to the next level. Again, thanks for joining us for today's episode and remember, You have the power to shape the shifts in your business.